Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another glorious episode of the Tents and Tabernacles podcast, where we meet God through the person of Jesus Christ. Because I was worried about all this stuff, and I'm like, you know what? If I just focus on what God wants me to do, focus on His Word, focus on getting the Word to people, then everything else is going to come, right? Yay! Yay! Welcome back, everybody, to the Tents and Tabernacles podcast. This is episode 12. Can you believe it? No, I can't. 12 episodes is like, if we do one a week, I mean, what's the math on that? That's like three months of podcast life. Yeah. At least, because we've done a few bonuses, too. Yeah, I saw on Spotify when it did like the year in review for our podcast oh and it said that we've done like a thousand and something seconds of or minutes of like play? content what so it wasn't even counting the ones for today the one that oh, i was wow. yeah, yeah i man. was like mm-hmm we out here. We out, out here. We out here. We ain't stopping. So Period. we appreciate everybody who has been listening. We have a we have a small group of listeners, but they listen. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, I I sent this to Vic already, so she knows. But my dad listened to our episode four. Um, it's called "Don't Look at Me, I Don't Know a Thing." Yeah, which is our episode on Job, and he said it, he loved it. He said it was his church that morning, and he says that we need to keep going. So that's wonderful. Okay, so um, do you have any highs and tries that you would like to share with the audience for this week? Um, a high, I guess. I'm alive. Oh, okay. So... And that's that's not a throwaway. Like I'm legit alive, and I'm really happy about it. Um, so today, someone that I was in that organization slash well, it's a cult with. Um, she's no longer in it, but she messaged me saying that she was going to be listening to my episode of the Our Journey podcast that I was a guest on talking about my experience in this organization and um she was definitely one that warmed my heart like while I was there like she was like a breath of fresh hair breath of fresh air and she reached out to me today and I was just like oh I miss you and I love you and thank you for not being mean to me (laughs) when it was like a really you know hard situation for all of us and and yeah, so it was really cool to to be able to like I don't know, talk to talk to talk to her person to person mm-hmm. without the organization around us. You know, it was just a really it was a real conversation. I, I feel like it was yeah. it was very, very needed. So that's my high. My try is I'm tired. And I I retwisted my hair today because I have to go to a birthday party tomorrow. And I was I looking see like that. beautiful. Ruth's looking yeah, fresh. The retwist. The retwist. <laughs> um, and so she crispy over here. But um, yes. yeah, so I retwisted my hair. And 
then I had to start on um, my sister in love's birthday gift. And so I'm painting it and it's taking a long time. And I'm I'm tired. I've been doing that for way too long today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's turning out good. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't even know if I have any highs of what happened. Oh, because I feel like this is our second recording this week. I don't even know how we're releasing these. But I'm like, uh, a high. Mm. I finally put up my Christmas tree. It's well, I, I started it and then I decided I had like this silver garland and silver ornaments, but the mm-hmm. ornaments are glass ornaments. And then, which I've always had, even when I had my son, but he's three now and a little bit more rambunctious. So I decided. Do I really want to put the glass ones up there? So then put the glass ones up on top and then put the plastic ones on the bottom. It's true, but I went and bought all new um, plastic ornaments. They were really cheap. And I got new garland, so I got to have a new look for my tree this year. So before I used to have like silver, I had silver garland and everything. Now I have green, red, gold. And the garland has a little bit of silver in it and gold. But I will send you a picture later. Yeah, I mean, not really. I could be fancier, but fancier requires deeper pockets. And fancy trees are expensive. That's fair. Yeah, so every year I get get a little more Christmas Mm -hmm. decorations because if you try to get all of your Christmas decorations for your whole entire house in one year of your life, you, I, I assume that you're rich because. Oh yeah. The, the way that those prices are set up, um, the way that those Christmas trees, I only have a six foot tree next year. I do want to save up and get a, um, a taller one, Mm -hmm. but trees are expensive. You can spend like four or $500 on an artificial tree. Now it'll pay for itself over time, but that, that first initial, Bye. Yeah. It's, yeah, I it's think we got ours for like I think we got ours for like seventy, eighty dollars. And oh, it's a six good. footer. That's good. From Walmart. Wally oh, yeah. World for the win. For sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel so. like I paid like a hundred for my six foot, but it was from Target and you know they they go to t- put the tax on it. Target but maybe it was I can't like remember now. Walmart. Ain't I nothing different about Target. Yeah, I don't know. Now now I can't remember how much it was, but it wasn't more than a hundred bucks because I know what my budget was like mm-hmm. when I bought it. Um, but like my mom, she has a huge tree that she bought many, 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 many years ago. I think when I was a baby. So that's it's a few decades ago. Um, and she still uses it. So it's paid for itself. <laughs> like she thought it was only going to last like five years or something. And she was mm-hmm. like, oh, it'll pay for itself in five years. No, that thing is... Holding on, it is huge. Like you can't even find a tree like that anymore. It's like seven and a half feet, but it stands up higher off the ground, so it looks like it's nine feet. And the base of it is huge. Like I feel like these trees nowadays, they're like skinnier. They're like Mm kind of like like a tree you would see outside or something. This tree is like it's wide. Yeah, the circumference on it is is pretty large. But yeah, anyway, don't let me keep going on and on about Christmas decorations. Um, <laughs> my try, I don't know. My try is trying to stay motivated at work, but it's December. I'm never motivated at work in December because I'm like, look, catch me in January I, when we right. can restart. I'm done. Anyway, 
today. Oh, hold on. Let me pray. I, I almost felt like I was about to do that. Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I promise that I am reverent to you. I promise, Lord. Um, Lord, we thank you as always. We have, we always want to start with a point of thanks and thanksgiving and praise. Um, we ask that you guide our conversation tonight and that um, we will be given something that we can give to the people that's really good and of sustenance and that's really going to feed them. And we're going to tell them something they didn't know before. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to say. So in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. Y'all going to get used to my prayers. I don't have these like fancy schmancy prayers. I just talk to them, you know, like I know them because I do. All right. So today, I keep trying to get to what we're talking about today. We're talking about the first book of Samuel, which I love. I love, love, love this book. There's so much in there. Yeah, it's a lot. And I like the, um, I love the books in the Bible that are are like the storytelling type of books. And this book has a lot of story to it and a lot of action, um, some drama. Um, This book, we're going to get David. Um, introdu- introduced us, and David is very dramatic. Very, he he I think he's like a theater kid. He's really a theater kid. I mean, he's a musician. Yeah, like he's very yeah. He's an we'll artist. He's very artistic. He's, he's very, very expressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like me and him would be friends. We would probably Same. get on each other's nerves though, but we would be friends. Um, so as always, I got my little fun facts. So just as in Judges, which was technically anonymous, but they thought it's Samuel, Samuel is also technically anonymous. They really don't, they really don't know, which I find interesting because some people will be like, I need to know who wrote it. So I, I, I don't really care who wrote it. It means the same to me. Yeah. At the end of the day, it still gives me the same lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, but the what I read said, um, it's most likely a compilation of stories by Samuel, Nathan, and Gad, which I mm. believe are all prophets. I know mm-hmm. Nathan is a prophet. Sam is a prophet. I can't remember the story with Gad in it, but if he's with those two, I'm going to assume. Yeah, I think he's he a prophet was, too. Yeah, yeah. I just can't remember what story he came in. I remember Nathan because Nathan is the one that told David he was wrong for killing, oh boy. Yeah. Um. So... Um, the theme of this book is how um, a godly monarchy is established. Because mm-hmm. as we saw in Judges, there was no king. They had no, no they, they didn't have any kind of leadership really going on except for the random judges. So where this book, where, it, what's the word? Not left off, where it picks up, where this book picks up is at the end of the time of the judges. Samuel technically is the last judge. I didn't know that. I thought yeah. I thought oh, it was like Samson. But Samson? Yeah. Well, what did I I wrote down something? Oh, when I wrote down, somebody said that Samuel was the final judge. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I, I 
I mean, he because maybe this is why they're saying that because he was kind of the leader before the king was put into place. People look to Samuel for a lot of stuff. That like is he, true. I wonder if it. I wonder if there's a difference between a judge and a prophet because I don't know. I don't know. This is what I think. What I think, though, I think you can be a judge and a prophet, mm-hmm. or only a prophet and or only a judge. Just because right. and I say that, just because Deborah was a prophet, mm-hmm. yet also a judge, but it but um, it the other judges, about all of them, yeah, the other judges weren't described as prophets. So right. um, I'm not sure. That's that's a good question, though. Because I, I always saw Samuel as a prophet. I never really saw him as a as a judge because yeah. what he was like, the stuff that he was prophesying did, didn't seem like he was prophesying the judgment of God, but rather the direction of God. Because when Deborah prophesied, her prophecy was judgment yeah 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 and with samuel it was more like well this is what god wants to do like he was it's almost like he went back to the general idea of like priesthood where like he spoke to god for the people the people spoke to him right to god but i don't know maybe he was i don't know either he might have been it could be based on like what you said on how um how he he came more across like Mm -hmm. more priestly Maybe it's because he like grew up in the tabernacle. Basically, Maybe. it could just be his demeanor, or I could be just totally wrong. Or the person who wrote that down first could be totally wrong. Who knows who's right and who's wrong in this world? Who really knows? Um, okay, so um, both of us have a lot of notes on how the beginning of the book starts. The beginning of the book starts, and I think I'm saying this right. Before Samuel is even born, it tells mm-hmm. of the story of his parents. His mom's name is Hannah, mm-hmm. and his father's name is, I'm going to say Elkanah. Elkanah. Yeah, that makes sense, Elkanah. That's how Elkanah. I read it. One of those. Elkanah. Um, Elkanah. And, you know, surprise, surprise, we have another situation of polygamy and of a husband loving one wife more than the other and the wife that is getting loved is barren and the wife that is getting snubbed has a bunch of kids yeah giving me um very much jacob leah and rachel all (laughs) all over again yeah 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 um so elkanah has two wives hannah and penina i'm gonna say penina Penina is like the Leah in this story. She mm-hmm. has the babies. She's the second wife, though. So he, this is what I think Elkanah did. Elkanah was married to Hannah. And when she could not have children, he brought on Penina so he could have some children. But he really loved Hannah. So he's like, I'm just going to get into second wife so my line can go on. But mm-hmm. I really I really love you. So Penina... Yeah, so there was there was like some jealousy between the two Penina wives because, rude. yeah, Penina was really rude. She she um, taunted 
she taunted her um, about being barren um, to the point where Hannah was very sad a lot all the time. Yeah, uh, she wasn't eating. Um, and just a quick like little, it's the same story, but so <laughs> Elkanah is. There's a part of the story where he gives he's given the food or out to his family. Mm-hmm. And he gives his Panana and her and her kids some food, but he gives Hannah a double portion. But Hannah is so sad she doesn't even eat. She's not even eating. She's depressed. Nope. And he's like, he's like, don't you think? He's like, why are you so sad? Like you have me though. Like right. I'm worth more than like oh 10 my sons. Gosh. No, yeah, who said that? Who said that? Yeah, who said you was, was worth more than 10 sons? Who said that? That's what he thought. He thought his love would be enough for Hannah, which, I mean, it's a nice thought. I think, you know how sometimes men, they say stuff that's insensitive, but it's, they think that they're being nice. Like, I yeah. think he was trying to make her feel better. Like, you don't need the sons, boo. You got me. But a better sentence would have been you have god hannah not mm-hmm. what am i gonna do with you elkana like you're just right like what <laughs> what am i gonna do with you yeah <laughs> like who cares i mean i love you but you're not gonna make me What's love whole. got to do with it i you're, want children <laughs> you're not gonna make me whole and i really want kids and this lady is popping kids out you know like right like hotcakes so the main story of Hannah, which I love Hannah. Hannah, I mean, the way that she prays, she, her story should teach us a lot about prayer. Mm-hmm. Because the way she prays, I want to pray like that. I'm going to try to start coming out on here and praying like Hannah. Like, just like from my my deepest soul. So, Hannah was going up to, I guess it was a tabernacle or the... yeah. Because yeah. they would all go together. Mm-hmm. So they all went together to worship. And then this one time was this time she was about to talk. About. Yeah. So she's going up there. She's so sad. She's she's bowing in worship. She's praying. She's like weeping through her prayer. She's so distraught that the priest, Eli, who's not a very good priest, we will get to him. He doesn't even have enough discernment to know what's really going on. He thinks that she's drunk. So she's like, no, dude, I'm not drunk. Um, I'm just so in in distress. Um, what did I write down? That she said, I have been praying from the depth of my anguish and resentment. Mm-hmm. Oof. Mm-hmm. 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 What I like about Hannah is, and I do do this in my personal life, and I try to tell other people to do it too, you have to bring your problems to God. Right. You don't, you don't blame him for them. She could have easily blamed God and said, God made me barren. You know, forget God. He's not for me. No. Pulled a Sarah and everything, but nope, yeah. she did not. <laughs> she went with the honest heart and she said, God, I don't understand. I'm sad. I'm, I'm, I just, you know, she, she would lay it all on the line. And then once Eli realizes that, um, you know, she's not a drunk, she tells Eli, or does she tell God? I don't know. Now, now I'm kind of confused. But she says, basically, like, if you give me a son, 
I will rededicate him back to you. So she's talking to God. Mm-hmm. And Eli blesses the prayer. He's like, yes, you deserve it, girl. Go, go, go forth. Right. So she ends up conceiving. Yay. She mm-hmm. ends up conceiving Samuel. Who ooh, ooh, there's need. a part. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Um, oh, my goodness. I, I think I highlighted it. But it says, and the Lord remembered her. And, okay, so this in chapter one, and this is after Eli says, go in peace. You know, you'll have what you ask for type deal, right? Mm-hmm. And it says they rose on a, early in the morning and they left. There's a translation that I believe I read. Um, it may have been in the, me- it may have been the message. It may have been the amplifier. I don't, I don't remember. Um, but it said, and God started to work what he had promised her or something something along those lines where Mm -hmm. it was like her conceiving was because god started that work yeah 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 and that sounds like duh that's how she could see but like the fact that the fact that it wasn't just she woke up the next morning pregnant there was a process and god Mm. worked that process until she conceived yeah I see. So we don't mm-hmm. know how much time had passed between the time. Yeah, it just says and in due time. Like we don't know how much time it was mm-hmm. from the moment that she prayed to the moment that she found out that she was pregnant. Yeah. That could have been just a small amount of time. That could have been within that year. Um, we just know that when she did have the baby they went back we don't there's this span of time that's missing and mm-hmm. we don't know how much time that is and it's like the scriptures sometimes um because of how truncated the stories are it can be it, it's really easy to be like oh yeah she prayed and they left they did the do and she got pregnant that night we yeah but we don't know that yeah we don't know we that no that idea. very well could have been the case, but to know that it says, and in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. There was some time that she had to wait even after she prayed. Yeah. 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 And this is the thing. This is not even like her first prayer. Hannah has nah, been, been praying. praying like I'm trying, I'm trying to stop saying like she has been praying mm-hmm. she has it was not her first rodeo she's been no. going she's been weeping she's been crying out she just she really trusts god that's what um stands out to to me about her um after she she conceived samuel samuel's name means i requested him from the lord it literally means i asked for this guy yeah I asked for him and God gave him. Um, but I want to touch on the the nature of Hannah's prayers. I wrote this down. Hannah's prayers were not like obligatory. Is that how you say that? Obligatory? Obligatory? Obligatory. obligatory. They were not obligatory. They were not half-hearted or empty. She prayed honestly and openly. She prayed as if her life depended on it. And she brought the good, the bad, and the painful all to God in an act of worship. I think it's just so beautiful. Man. 
Like prayer was Hannah's first resort, not her last. Mm, she was always good. praying about everything. And like, oh, I said like again, but you see how she, they, they, there's never a part of the story where they talk about her retaliating against the other wife. Right. She's just praying. Now, like you said, do we know everything she did? We don't know. There could be a time that Hannah had a little a little slip up, a little little something, something. Who knows? But it's not recorded. Not like with Rachel and Leah, who we saw their back and forth. We saw mm-hmm. their their nonsense. Yeah. We saw that. And yeah. And we saw Sarah and Hagar's nonsense. They yeah. stayed at it. Yeah, she didn't do any of that. She was relying solely on God. I'm I really wonder. And we'll never know this, but I wonder how Hannah got to that type of relationship with God. um, I'm wondering, is that how she was raised? Because she's in the time of the judges, right? And we know that people are living as they please. But she still has this tight, it seems as if she has this like tight, close relationship with God. And nothing is really um, making it waver. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if it was birthed out of desperation. Yeah, maybe because so. there's just something about getting to the, the getting to the point of desperation where there's no one and nothing else that could give me. Yeah, something that'll fill the hole in my heart. Whatever it is, whether it be a relationship, a child, um, success, who knows what your hole is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a level of desperation where it's like, I really have nothing else to do. I have no one else to turn to about this. Her husband wasn't enough. Like being able to say, like having loved ones be like, but you know, you have all of these things. You have this, you have that, you do this, you go pl- these places and you're just like, but that's not that doesn't fulfill me that that doesn't sustain Mm -hmm. me that doesn't do what I need it to do and it's like yeah like Elkanah was you know just being nice or whatever but but Hannah was desperate at that point and he wasn't he wasn't enough to fill a hole that only God could fill and also this level of desperation like we don't we don't see recorded um any other point of her desperation in the temple or in the tabernacle like we see this one and this is the one that Eli was like lady you're weird um (laughs) so it begs it begs the question like does he recognize her is this is this something that she does on a regular basis and I don't think I don't think her doing this in the tabernacle was often because he would have recognized her this would have been normal Mm -hmm. to him but he was like uh sis you intoxicated because you acting a little crazy so for him to be put off by that it's not something that she's gotten to that point before that's true yeah she probably was very loud for her i was about to say though wasn't my boy eli a little blind i can't remember now he was really old oh he was going blind yeah, he but was it was born. like it was like after <laughs> it was after Samuel was like born and like oh okay uh, yeah 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 and was like living with him. 
Yeah, yeah. I read a commentary, uh, I guess when I was like actually reading that chapter, mm-hmm. um, that his discernment was just like off. Oh. Like he was just going downhill as a priest in general. And like he just didn't even have the discernment to see what was really going on. Even, and, and you know, so he yeah. lost his spiritual eyes and then he started losing his physical eyes. Mm. But um, as far as Hannah, so Hannah conceived Samuel um, and, you know, now they got to, they, she's promised to dedicate him back to the Lord. So mm-hmm. she now she got to do it. So she weans him off her, off her boob and brings him uh, back at the appropriate time. Um, I wonder how long it takes them to get weaned. Like, how, I wonder how long kids were breastfeeding in ancient times. Because I feel like when she brought him, he was like walking and like he wasn't like a baby. He was, right. You know. Hmm. I don't know. It's just a little side, side thought. Um, but she brings him back and Samuel is then, um, he's like a Nazarite. He's, he's born basically a Nazarite. He cannot cut his hair. He cannot be by the, the grapes. What else did I write down? Um, and I wrote, Samson couldn't do. Yeah. He, yeah. It's like Samson again. I, and I read that Samson and Samuel are the only two that are born into being a Nazarite. Other people, you know, they take the vow mm-hmm. as, as adults. And I wrote down that being a Nazarite is a greater consecration than a Levite. Actually, hmm. it's like a it's like a um uh like a higher oath, huh? Because they have to like really, and I you know I just where did I read that at? I may have read it on the Enduring Word. Maybe. Yeah. Um. So-, so, him being born a Nazarite. I had said this in an IGTV when when I was doing um, IG Bible studies and for him to be born a Nazarite, he was already dedicated to the Lord. So for her to dedicate him for the rest of his life was an even further amount of dedication. So being a Nazarite was only for a certain amount of time. I think it was like 47 years or something. I'm, that that might be wrong or maybe. Yeah, but it was, yeah, but it was a specific amount of time. And then once you fulfilled your duty, you could go do whatever you wanted after that. Mm -hmm. Um, But for Hannah to offer him as not just like a Nazarite, but to offer him solely to the Lord, having every single day of his life for the entirety of his life be dedicated to the Lord and the Lord's work. um, I feel like was only birthed out of of that desperation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was super obedient. Oh yeah, because how many women? And, and honestly, if a woman, if if you had gone back, if she had gone back on her word, she probably would have been like cursed or something. So she had she she knew what she had to do. Mm-hmm. But there are people, and I, I don't know, I might be one of them. That when I got my baby, I don't know if I would. I, I, I just don't know. You have to know to give up your baby to God, your kid who was in you for nine, ten months. That you, you have prayed him, for for so you, long. That you prayed for. You have to understand and know that that your baby belongs to God, not you. Mm-hmm. A lesson I have to tell myself all the time. And 
that what he has for you after this is still good or greater than what you already have, right? You ha- you just have to know that you have to trust God is for me. And if he gave me his baby and he knew I was sad, I was going give it, to give it up. He's going to give me more. Or if he doesn't give me more, he's still taking care of me. Like you ha- the, the, the trust yeah. level is phenomenal. It kind of reminds me of what Mary had to do with Jesus. Because what, as far as what with Mary? So, like, no, Mary didn't necessarily pray for this child, but this was a child of her womb. And oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Having to watch the promise of God die. Mm. on a cross and Mm. not know what happens next and that's my baby you gave me this lord yeah you gave me this lord and now you're taking it from me Mm -hmm. now what what do i do and like you know we're we're heading into into christmas and we're always talking you know you you know you sing the song mary did you know she did know and it terrified (laughs) her the whole time she did know she knew everything like and and it wasn't until Jesus was crucified that I feel like it actually like clicked for her because you can know mm. that this is going to happen. I think she knew that Jesus had to die. Yeah, but to she see did. It, yeah. But like to to actually see it and be like that's my baby and I have to watch him like he's not mm-hmm. the savior right now. He's my baby and he's yeah. hurting. Yeah. And you know? I can't and do so anything like, about it. And I can't do anything about it and this is supposed to be better for me. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be better that he does this. And so yeah. Hannah is like, okay, you know, like this is supposed to be better that he's like not even living with me. Like he's not here. He's, I can't smell him when he wakes up in the morning. I can't put him to bed at night. I can't hold yeah. him when he's scared. I, I can't explain things to him that he doesn't understand. I, I can't be his mom. I just have to trust that I'm doing what God told me to do. And yeah. what I have agreed to. Yeah. And trust that my son will do what he needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That is like, such, that is so true. That? I didn't even think about that with Mary, about how she always knew that her son would eventually be gone. Like, imagine or, thinking that. When your son, when your 12 year old son goes missing from the caravan. Yeah. With the knowledge in your head that he's going to be taken at one point. I don't even understand how she was. I mean, now we're on a tangent. I don't even understand how Mary was operating knowing that her son was God. How do you discipline God when he starts? Does he get into trouble? Does Jesus ever get into trouble? He doesn't do anything wrong, I guess. I mean, you saw how she was like, yo, you left and didn't tell nobody. Yeah, was like I was by my father's business. Who was my mother? Who was my father? And she was just yeah. like, mm. you can't discipline. I mean, I guess he doesn't really need discipline because. <laughs> but it's like, how am I supposed to parent Jesus? How am I supposed to parent God? Clearly, I'm just here as a figurehead because I, I'm not doing anything. I'm just making sure you're eating. Listen, I'm here for semantics. <laughs> That's my job. I'm supposed to have you and feed you. That's it. Because mm-hmm. you're and about baby. to leave. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 <sighs> Speaking of Christmas, slight tangent. Um, did you th- have you seen the Chosen Christmas thing yet? I haven't. Me either. I I don't. 
it's so is it on I the app. I don't want to watch it? it because it's in theaters. I don't know if they released it on the app yet. That's what I saw, but I don't. But know I don't know if I want to watch it because the woman that they have playing young Mary isn't the Mary that we know. But the Mary that we know that plays older Mary in the Chosen is a young woman who they make look old. So I don't understand why they have some random chick playing Mary. Oh, when they could just use Mary. When they could just the use Mary. Yeah. yeah so right. it's, it's probably something <laughs> about contracts, girl. Probably. Even the Christians probably. got contracts. For sure. <laughs> For the movies. So, some, yeah. Somebody manager and do their job. I don't know if I'm gonna watch it because I'm too attached to the Mary that we know in the Chosen. So yeah, she she just embodies it. I don't know. I, I I can't trust that anybody else can play it the way she does. Yeah. Like she just has so much, so many levels to Mary that makes Mary look like a human being for once. And so yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I love how that show makes all of them look like human beings. Yeah. Okay. In general. Um. But yeah, I, slight tangent. I just wanted to see if you had seen it yet because I really want to see it um, because I'm obsessed with that show. Yes, audience, if you had not, if you have not watched The Chosen, you need to watch it. Download the app today. They need to. They don't even have to pay me for this advertisement. I have for been real? telling everybody to watch it. I finally yep. got my mom to watch two episodes. She said she liked it. My mom I watched. Was, my mom had to put me on. I was like, ah, girl, it's so good. I watched the first and second season twice already. I'm oh. waiting patiently for season three, and this little Christmas special is just gonna have to hold me over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't have any notes anymore, but I think we're pretty much done with Hannah because now, yes, now the Eli's is... sons, I guess. Huh? Did you want to touch on Eli's sons or save save them for the end? Um, it does. Um... I don't know. Maybe we should save them for the end. Okay. Just know, audience, that after the things with Hannah, um, there is a certain family that is judged for the things that they would do. So we'll explain that in the in the last segment of what they did. But just know that the time that it happened was kind of like after um, Samuel was dedicated to the tabernacle. Um, so let me see. I actually have my Bible open now, so I'm just looking at the order of things. Same. After that, you got Samuel getting called by God. It's pretty important. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, I think God is done with Eli in in general, and he's like, "Ooh, Samuel's here per my plan. Awesome. I'm just going to speak directly to Samuel. I'm bypassing Eli now. By Eli." So God is calling uh, one day they're sleeping there or they're asleep wherever they sleep. And Samuel's hearing a voice calling his name and he thinks that's Eli. So he keeps going to Eli. He's like, yes, yes, my Lord. And he's like, no, friend, I didn't call you. Go, go back and lay down. Then he calls him again. Samuel gets up. He's like, bro, you called me. He's like, no, I didn't go back to sleep. Then I want to say it's the third time because I feel like it's always in threes. Um, Samuel hears his name again and Eli figures out, hey, that's God talking to you. It's not me. I'm, I'm understanding now. He's like, when he calls you again, just say that you're 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 ready and willing and you're you're here and see what he has to say. So that is the first time that Samuel heard from the Lord. Um, it says in the Bible, it says, now Samuel did not 
yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So this whole time he's working in the tabernacle yeah. and he's like, I think that's interesting. Is, is it possible that even like, okay, think about this kids or people who go to church their whole life, they're in church, right? But the word of the Lord is not revealed to them till much later. They don't really get it till much later. They don't hear God for themselves till a lot later. Even for Samuel. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, what else happened in Samuel? Maybe we should just talk about Eli and his sons real quick. Cause I mean, cause that kind of leads to Eli's downfall with his sons anyway. Yeah. We're just going to put, just know that these people are in the intercessory prayer section. Yeah. Cause they okay. need the Lord. Just, just know um, that. Um, yeah. Do you want to explain who they are? Okay. So Eli has two sons, Hophni and Phineas. not Phineas and Ferb, but Hophni and Phineas. And um, they did not do anything great with their summer. So um, uh, <laughs> they did. <laughs> they did it. So they were some hungry girlies, and basically, they were eating the um, the offerings that were being offered to the Lord by people. So people would come. Mm-hmm. And be like, Lord, here's your offering type deal, right? And they would take it before the fat was even burnt off of it. Like they yes. didn't waste no time. So yeah. okay, so the priest and his and his family can eat a, the portion that's left from the offering. So this mm-hmm. is after the offering has already been given, already been burnt. And the fat has has cooked off of it. So then they eat what's left, right? The Lord has his portion and then they eat. So it's not weird that they're eating it. The weird part is, is that they're eating all of it. They're literally stealing from God. Yeah. They're not even like, I feel like at one point they weren't even putting it up to be burnt. They're just like taking it from people. No. So like and people were, just were also threatening stuff. people. Huh? I said, I think they were also threatening people too oh yeah because okay so one lady was like so can you just let the fat burn off first before you take it (laughs) and he was like nah or the lord will curse you or something like that it was like it was something really intense like no i know what i'm doing let me do it type stuff yeah Yeah. and so they just over here getting fat and stuff off of god's food and then um eli knew about it yeah so my theory is is that he also had a hand in it because he was fat as well Mm. um i think he was also eating a little bit more than his fill um but that's just my theory it doesn't say that but he knew about it and he wasn't saying nothing about it and people were like um your sons are out of control and eli was like i got it i got it whatever whatever so God was like, your sons are out of control. Alien was like, I got it, I got it, whatever, whatever. So here comes a new battle against the mm. Philistines, right? Mm. Since Eli got it and whatever. Here's a battle against the Philistines. Long story short, they captured the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, God. Because Hophni and Phineas were being stupid. 
Yeah, not doing so, their job. Yeah, it was their job. They had one job. They had one job and they failed. And not just failed, they big failed. They died, right? So then somebody is coming back. Is it Samuel that comes back to tell him? Uh, the, oh, to to tell Eli that the, uh-huh, the Ark has been are dead. captured? Oh, that oh. the Ark's been captured? Is it Samuel? Yeah, somebody comes to tell him. Oh, no, it just says a man from Benjamin. Yeah. Um, so ran from the battle and came to Shiloh, like where Eli was. And he was like, the, the, the. The Ark of the Covenant is gone and your sons are dead. They're dead. And the moment that that happened, that he said that the Ark of the Covenant was gone, Eli's fat behind fell backwards off his chair and broke his neck. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny, but I imagine it in my head. When I imagine it, I imagine him being like on a porch stoop, even though I know he wasn't. Yeah. And I imagine like an old man on a porch stoop, and I imagine him falling off and just cracking his neck, and people just looking like, okay. Oh my God. But like that escalated yes. quickly. Yes. Um, but I think we should tell the audience that they died because God said they were going to die based on all the stuff that they were doing. Yeah. Um, God or is it God or an angel of the Lord? I can't remember now. But somehow, or is it Samuel that tells them? Somebody tells Eli, "Hey, your 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 family is gonna be judged and they're gonna die, all of y'all, like the whole family line." Was it Samuel who told him? Because God told him. I think it was Samuel. Cause Sam, yeah, because it was in that same, it was in the same vision that night where God had spoke to Samuel and not Eli. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, and Eli night. was like, what is the message God told you? Because Samuel and didn't Samuel even want to tell like, Eli. He didn't even want to tell him because he's like, this, he's like, this message is real it's spicy. spicy. You, you, you sure you want to know? Because it's about you and it's not good. Kind of hold it back. Spicy. Yeah, so Samuel tells Eli before the warrior happens, like, hey, your kids are going to die violently. And I think this this curse extends through like their whole family line. So that yeah. is why they end up going into battle and dying. Um, which I think is funny that the priests went into battle. Were they, were they carrying the Ark of the Covenant or something? Is that why they were there? Is that why they were there? Yeah, to, to fight the Philistines. Oh, yeah, because this is what I... I um, I forgot what video I was watching on YouTube about this, but they brought the Ark of the Covenant to try to see it, like to make them win the war. Yeah, yeah. Like so a, they brought it to like manipulate, yeah, God to manipulate in God favor. into winning. When <sighs> that's just not how it works, you know. He has but to tell ended you. Up trying to do the same thing, but not with the Ark of the Covenant later on. Like this is something yeah. that they continue to do. Like what Jephthah did it, Abimelech did it to some mm-hmm. degree. It wasn't the Ark of the Covenant, but yeah, but it it's like something they tried that, to yeah. manipulate God. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I and know, I can see, I can see how they can fall into that. Like, oh well, you know, last time it worked because we had the Ark of the Covenant. It's like people who have like their lucky socks. They're yeah. like, well, when I got this job, I had on these socks, so I'm gonna keep wearing these socks. So last mm-hmm. time we won a war, the Ark of the Covenant was there. We're going to bring it back. No, what you don't realize is the last time y'all won, somebody was inquiring of, of, of God, what y'all should do. Not just bringing the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant has no power without God. 
the Ark of the Covenant is just it's just that's a literally bunch of like stuff. that's literally like us like going on a date and like deciding in ourselves that that's our man Ooh. and then we ask God is this our man and he says no and you're like Lord bless this relationship <laughs> and, and, and his answer is no no <laughs> I'm not gonna bless it and that's what happened they lost in a big way they lost in a big way because Huge did way. you already say that the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant? Yeah, because that's what that's that's why Eli died because he heard that. Yes. Um, oh yeah, you did say that because that's when I read it the first time. I was shocked. I was like, <gasps> I was like, for that's one not thing, good. how did somebody unauthorized touch it? I guess you could touch the poles. Anybody could touch the poles. You just couldn't touch the Ark itself. That is a great question. I would say either. They only touched the poles, but they don't know the rules. So how would they know? That was that would be a lucky guess. Or perhaps God's presence left the ark because he said, I'm not fooling with y'all. He don't have to be in there. He's everywhere. He can remove himself from the ark of the covenant if he wants. That want. is very true. Because I feel like the ark of the covenant gone, it says that the glory left Israel. So yeah, he left everybody. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm gone. Y'all are, y'all are all making me mad. I'm about to go for a second because he comes back, though. He comes back on the Philistines. I hate this charge. Because, <laughs> yeah, that is a great question. How were they able to touch it? And, like, like just like they or, transported or maybe, it over a few places like they put it they had it in one place and then they were all judged because they had it in that place and they yeah. put, tried to put it in somebody else's place and they're like no don't do that we see what is happening to you and they snuck it in there started happening yeah. to them and yeah. then another place i think it was three different places they tried to move this ark yeah and they sent the it right back they said goodbye this is not good Look, god sent rats mm-hmm. boils mm-hmm and tumors yeah i saw about to say i thought i saw something about tumors i was like he gave them cancer he gave them cancer look you can't be messing with god look 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 so that's what i was saying did his presence return or may you know god can do whatever he wants from anywhere he don't need he don't need the tabernacle to to operate so i think he was still on the ark because mm-hmm. Of what happened to Dagon. Oh, yeah. With, okay. So let's talk about that. Okay. We so they bring not, not talk about they that. bring the Ark of the Covenant back, right? And they put it next to their God, Dagon. Mm-hmm. The next morning they came back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And Dagon had fallen face first onto the ground as if it was bowing to the Ark of the Covenant. Yep. And the head of Dagon and both of his hands were cut off. Yes. Now. Okay, so um we all this whole time we're seeing the hand of God 
doing all of these things, invoking judgment on whom he sees judgment needs to be invoked on. Mm-hmm. And God cut the hands off of somebody else's God. Like yeah. you tried it. I, you know, I hate to call because the only word I can think of literally is right after it says the hand of the Lord was heavy against the people of oh, Asher. It was super heavy. Yeah. I don't know if the word is that God is petty, but he's really funny. Cause that is funny. Like, well, God is a jealous God, but he straight up was like, you are going to make the God. It's a, a, I'm sure the, the idol was made of something hard stone or iron or, so it's not something that's easily broken or formed into what I need to be formed into. And God literally said, Oh, y'all playing. Y'all gonna put me next to this, this guy. I know this guy already. Uh, no, he's he's nothing like me. I'm gonna actually d- devour him now. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna put it. him. I'm gonna put him in the place where this is how he he is. He might not have told y'all, but he 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 bows to me just like y'all need to be bowing to me. And yeah. it was in the 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 Philistines' country for mm-hmm. seven months. <laughs> Wow. So he was just wreaking havoc on them for seven months. Seven months. They had tumors and rats and all that stuff for seven months. It took them seven months to learn their lesson and send the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. But they didn't send it in a normal way. They sent it back with some gold. um, Some gold mice and gold gold tumors. Yes. So that to I guess to like what's the word cleanse their sin or to like be say i'm sorry or so okay so they said um okay so the philistines called for the priests and the uh diviners and said what shall we do with the ark of the lord tell us what we shall tell us with what we shall send it to its place so like get away from me just tell me how i'll do it um and then the priest said, if you send away the ark of the God of Israel, do not send it empty, empty, but by all means, return him a guilt offering. Mm. Then you will be healed and it will be known to you by why his hands known to you, why his hand does not turn away from you. And they said, what is this guilt offering that we shall return to him? And then they answered five golden tumors and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines for the same plague that was on all of you and your lords. Mm. Yeah. So it was for every Philistine leader. Do you think that caused them to believe in God afterwards? Or do you think they were still worshiping their God who was basically like shown to not be a god at all um i think they still went back to doing what they were doing people just because there's no way i could have saw that and not known like well okay so they had a knowledge of God, so like, yeah, they knew he so was. Real. I just think it just continued their knowledge, like, but that's not my God, he's there, yeah, that's yeah, they believe God, he's though. real, yeah, it's like that's the God of Israel, that's not the God of the Philistines. Because Goliath is like, who, who is this, you yeah. know, whatever, and so like, he's like taunting, 
our God, God of Israel, right? So mm-hmm. for him to do that, they they couldn't have gone back. Yeah. You are very right. Um, But yeah, I'm trying to think what else we are going to touch on. There's a lot of stuff in Samuel. Because um, after that, um, after they get the Ark of the Covenant back and they kind of have like this victory oh. dance or whatever, what happened? It says that Samuel judged Israel. Oh, what all the days of his life. Aha! Uh-huh. So I was not wrong. I don't. You I, I still wrong. don't know where I, I got it wrong. from. Hey, you know I get it from somewhere. There's just notes all over the place in the Bible in my notepad. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, so after that, Israel demands a king. I guess they they realize that you know we just cannot get it together. We need a king everybody else got a king we need a king too and samuel actually told them that this is a bad idea it's such a bad idea he's like dude y'all don't need a king you just need to love god but you can't seem to do that and he tells them like um and i have a note in my bible that i wrote over a year ago that says god almost seems sad here by saying israel constantly abandons him yeah but it was it was true he's like look you know what samuel they don't want me it's fine i want them but they don't want me give them this king that they that they that they want um another example of not not saying that wanting a king is just super sinful because i I don't i don't know how if it's that deep but it's giving me that god gives you over to your sin when you just don't learn your lesson when he's just like you keep asking for that sure go ahead go ahead do your thing you'll be back or you're yeah you know, hopefully you'll learn your lesson um yeah did they learn i'm lesson? just thinking of all the times that i've done that yeah like legitimately i've been i've wanted other things more than god i'm like can you just give me that thing like marriage i idolized marriage mm-hmm. for my entire singleness <laughs> Yeah, it's a big idol for a lot of us because it's so much pressure to have it. I feel like um, I've made an idol out of it before, too, where I was just wanting it so bad, but it wasn't because I wanted it. It was mm-hmm. more so I could feel everybody like else I had it. Yeah, or I could feel like I had this status. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you, know you know how every all these girls are like, you know, look at their Instagram bio, wife, mother. And you're like, oh. I can't put that in my Instagram bio. Like I'm not a wife and don't look like I'm going to be a wife anytime soon. So you have to just learn how to deal with it, but it can definitely turn into an idol. I have a friend who is most definitely an idol in her life. So yeah, a lot of women can And it's like they legit, they legit were like, I want a king like everybody else. Why yeah. are we like, I just want to be normal. I just want to have a king like everybody else. And Mm -hmm. that's how I viewed marriage. I was like, well, everybody else is getting married. Why not me? Why Mm -hmm. can't I get married right now? Like, do you not love me, God? Like, I just Mm -hmm. ask all I'm asking for is this to be married and da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, man, like, to get to the point where I wanted to be married more than I wanted to be married to God, um... It, it it's appalling like it's 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 crazy to think yeah. about and yeah. this 
uh, I highlighted this because I was like, wow, this is literally how I was. Oh, my goodness. In my singleness. But um, when basically Samuel is like praying to God after Samuel tells him, like, bro, you gonna cry out to God about your king because your king is gonna suck and he's not gonna listen to you because this is what you asked for. Mm. Um, he said, so um, basically the people were like, nah, we still want a king. And they said, no, but like we still want a king, but there shall be a king over us that we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Yeah. What has yeah. God been doing this whole time? I was just about to say that God was already doing that, y'all. He Literally. was already going out before y'all and fighting y'all's battles. Already. He was judging y'all left and right. What you mean? Yeah. They wanted, and I was just about to say this, but I caught myself. I was about to say they wanted someone they could see, but not that you could see God, but y'all saw, and well, maybe this generation didn't see enough, but I'm going to say y'all, maybe. maybe that's what it is. But even before when they saw stuff, they still were crying and gr- yeah. grumbling and that's why I think God showing himself doesn't necessarily help things. But yeah, yeah, maybe it was like, it, it's that, that need to want to be like everybody else, which is, could be inherently sinful. But um, yeah, but I, yeah, I was thinking the exact thing you said. God was already doing all of that. Yeah. And man. you basically rejected him for a man who, he can't do all that stuff at all like he's like borderline a coward not i mean the guy that they got he he was like strong and valiant to a point and then his his jealousy messed him up yeah let's get into him because so saul uh, got issues Saul. saul is who is is picked to be the king's uh i forgot what happens samuel is talking to god and god's like this is gonna be who the king is you gonna meet him, uh, doing this and that. He gonna stand a, a head taller than everybody else. Saul was really tall. Um, what else and did you handsome, tell him? Apparently, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I forgot how they meet, but he meets Samuel, and Samuel's like, "You gonna be the king?" Saul doesn't even tell anybody. I think he sees like his uncle on the way home. His uncle's like, "How did everything go?" He's like, "Oh, it's fine. Nothing. No mention of him being, being the king anointed." Day. Yeah, yeah. So Saul becomes the king. Long story short, um, at first he's an okay king. He um, he leads them into battle, I think, maybe once or twice or three times. Mm-hmm. People like him for the most part. But something happens where he all of a sudden is not his failure. Oh, and then quick note. Once Saul is appointed as king, Samuel's like, all right, y'all deuces. Um, don't check for me. I don't make the rules anymore. I'm here. I'm out here. But don't ask me for nothing because you got Saul now. Um, so Saul was doing his thing. Um, and then and he, he became king when he was about 30 years old. I feel like there's a thing about 30 years old that, that happens a lot in the Bible. Um, but something happened. What happened? I think so, they were fighting. I think the they were about to fight again. the Philistines again. Yeah, they were fighting the Philistines again. 
and, and they were, I, oh yeah, that's what happened. He didn't ask for he didn't ask for God's help, right? So okay, he did, but he did it the wrong way. So he was supposed to have Samuel come and offer the sacrifice and pray and all the kind of stuff to lead them into battle. Well, Samuel uh tarried a while and um he he, he took a long time or he yeah, took, I feel like he refused to so, come. He was like, I ain't going. So Saul told Samuel that you um delayed the appointed time like you missed the time that you were supposed to be here but i don't remember samuel ever telling him that i'm gonna be here at this time like mm. saul was just like um you took too long yeah but you could have just waited until he showed up yeah so um according to saul uh oh i tell you the back he waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal and the people were scattering from him. So Saul said, bring the burnt offering here to me and the peace offerings. And he offered up the burnt, the burnt offering. As soon as he had finished the offering and burnt, finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. Mm, and Samuel's like, what are you doing? You couldn't have waited like... You couldn't have waited like 10 minutes. Like I was literally up the street, my guy. And you're not the one that's supposed to be doing this. Like, why do you think you making the offering is going to help what we got going on? It's, that's not how it works. And then, Stupid, guys. Is this camera on me? That's stupid. Use your common sense. Please. You please use it. His son, Jonathan, had a lot more sense than him. Yeah. I love Jonathan. Even yeah, I can't get too Jonathan much. Jonathan is the real, he's the OG. Like he's Jonathan, the real. Like Jonathan it, really Yes. In this same kind of story, I'm not gonna go too much into it because we, we're already past an hour and we haven't talked about everything. But Jonathan, um, he in that same kind of battle series, he has a victory over the Philistines. <laughs> So I think it's yeah. it's interesting to show like this um, contrast between Saul's character and his son. Uh, but <laughs> I love Jonathan. Jonathan and his little bromance with David is just it's adorable. So cute. They're I besties. Think, I think Jonathan must be older than David though, because you see how he's already out to battle. Not that he's like an older man, but okay, because. He's already out to battle, doing stuff, has this, he's fighting the Philistines. He he knows that God is going to deliver them over to him or whatever. But then we it does we don't get till much later where David is anointed and David's like a young shepherd boy who's not even fit for battle at all. Right. So they must they must have a little bit of a gap in there in their age and i just thought about that because in this whole time i always thought that they were besties the but they were like like they grew up together kind of mm, that's because. what i thought too but yeah but no, they think... have to be jonathan has to be a little older just based yeah. on what i'm thinking about like like jonathan has his victory against the philistines in like chapter 14 and we don't even get to know we don't even hear david's name until chapter 16 and he's like a kid yeah and this is before goliath this is just when 
um, Samuel is about to anoint the next king. And um, yeah. Yeah. And then Saul was mad and was like, nobody eat anything this day. And then Jonathan was like, ooh, honey. Jonathan was like, I'm eating. I don't know who made that rule. Oh, dad, I'm sorry. I didn't know about the rule when you made it. But Right. My bad, bro. Seemed but literally weird. the rule was bad anyway because when he finally allowed them to eat, they were so hungry. Is this the same story where they were so hungry that they ended up eating the meat with the blood still in it? I is think that, so. Is that the right story? I think so. Um, yeah. So because the fast that he was making them do, I forgot where I read it or what I was watching. But it was like almost like everything that Saul was doing, he wasn't consulting God. Like, who asked you to do the fast? Who told you to do the fast? Who told you that? I don't like. I don't know. Samuel. I don't think Samuel told him. It was just like a a, a, a random whim, um, that that he made. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. It definitely wasn't. Um, yeah, like even in my Bible. In my Bible, the the portion uh, it says Saul's rash oath, which is like a lot of times I feel like people make oaths to God that he didn't ask you for. He didn't he At didn't all. tell you to do that. Like he, he he didn't say to do that. But I think Saul was just so. Um, it's weird because it seemed like he kept trying to prove himself. Like I need to do this. I need to win. The, like he kept trying to show how he could do things in his own strength when God didn't pick you. I don't think God picked you because of what you could do by yourself. I don't know. Yeah. God never picks you because of that. Like you don't, you don't need to be, you don't have to prove yourself and do all these things when you'd like, you've been appointed by God, my dude, my guy, like, you you're you're giving me you're trying way too hard. That's what I think about Saul. He's always trying way too hard. He's insecure. He's jealous. Um yeah, that's basically about Saul. Saul is basically insecure, jealous. Um, as the story goes on, David enters the scene. It gets worse for him once he meets David and he kind of realizes that David is gonna be his replacement. So what I didn't realize and what I don't feel like people put in context, like in like chronological context, is that David was playing the harp for Saul before Goliath. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So. So I've always thought that it was like, oh, because he defeated Goliath, that was when Saul was like, ooh, he should be in my court or whatever. No, mm. that was at, after he defeated Goliath was when Saul wanted to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Because all the I, ladies yeah. was like, uh, Saul slay one, uh, uh, David slay one, 10,000, Saul 1,000, you know? Mm -hmm. What a great song. What a great song. Yeah, but he was already in the court. But let's talk David. about when he was in the court. I just want to touch on this because I always, um, it's always something that gives me a question. And I don't know if I have my answer all the way yet. 
So when David was in Saul's court and he was playing uh, the harp, it says, now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul and an evil spirit sent by the Lord began to torment him. The part that always gives me pause is the evil spirit sent from the Lord. And I never knew that God would send an evil spirit on someone. Isn't that kind of, let me look at all the translations that I have in my phone. But what verse is that? I think that's like, that is um, chapter 16, verse 14. Bro, God said I regret making Saul king. God wasn't God God was not happy with him at all. Yeah, so it's like Saul was a crazy person, but when he started trying to kill David, it's because he was literally like possessed by an evil spirit. It wasn't you know what I'm saying? Like he was being Mm -hmm. himself, but he was also possessed by an evil spirit, which I just don't know what to do with that. I just have to keep praying about it and yeah. and be like, what do you mean God sent an evil spirit? I thought evil only comes from evil. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have any have anything for that necessarily. I don't I don't think that you should cuz I think that it's like that is pretty it's just something to wrestle with and it could have a different context it could have a different word. i may need to break out the concordance on that yeah and see what the original hebrew is because i'm like if the, if the lord leaves you then anything could get in you because god's course. gone of but course god but it says that yeah that's that's different. It is different. different. I yeah, different. he hasn't done that yet. Yes. I don't remember him doing that yet. So yes. Every translation that I it that I have in my phone, I have CSB in my phone, which I normally read. Um, I have ESV, Amplify, NIV, KJV, NLT, message, new king, you know. There's more, but these are the ones I have. All of them say that the spirit was from the Lord. The harmful, it, it, it says an evil spirit. One says a harmful spirit. Um, NLT says a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. Um, what does message say? Because message, they, I don't know where they get some of their words in the message Bible. I'm like, what? Um it says a black mood, but everything says still says sent by God. Okay, so this is what Enduring Word Commentary says. It's funny okay. because it actually asked the exact question that you asked. It said, if God is all good, why did he send a distressing spirit upon Saul? There are two senses in which God may send something. He may send something in an active sense, or he may send something in a passive sense. This is kind of okay. what I was thinking. Actively, God never initiates or performs evil. He is the father of light with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Passively, God may withdraw the hand of his protection and therefore allow evil to come without being the source of the evil itself. Okay. Okay. So Satan was more than ready to send a distressing spirit to fill the void, like I was saying. So like um Why because it does say, say that, that God though? left him first. Yeah. 
because it was because God left him. So if God had never left him, if the spirit of God had never left him, then the distressing spirit could have never entered him. So by way of proxy or by way of effect of God's leaving, he sent, passively yeah. sent, like inadvertently mm-hmm. sent. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the opposite. Because he was gone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good deep dive. I hope somebody learned something today. Someone said perhaps this was to judge Saul's past wickedness and rebellion against the Holy Spirit's guidance. This may be an example of God giving Saul over to his sin. Mm, that yeah, that makes more sense. See, um, it says Saul clearly got to dig deeper. Yeah, so it says Saul clearly had the spirit of the Lord upon him at one time. Um. As he was proud and rebellious against God, Saul resisted the Holy Spirit. He told the Holy Spirit, no, and go away so many times that God finally gave Saul what he wanted. But Saul never realized the price to pay when the spirit of the Lord departed from him. Saul thought he would be freer to do his thing without the spirit of the Lord bugging him. He didn't realize Mm. he would be in even more bondage to a distressing spirit that troubled him. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that even um, makes more sense to me even now um, with the New Living Translation because it said that he had a spirit of depression and fear. And I do feel like when, say you're far from God or you feel like you don't feel his presence, that's when a lot of those spirits or, you know. Yeah, those when, I was, creep in, so. when I was reading like his outbursts and things like that, I was like, this looks a lot like mania it looks a lot like i don't know like bipolarism yeah because the way that when he would go back and forth with david yeah and they'd be extremes like he was chilling for a second and then like out of nowhere decided to throw something at like it was it was random yeah yeah, I, I definitely agree that he probably had a little bit of bipolar. And then David, I don't think he had any mental anything, but he was very emotional. He was. As you okay, and I do want to say this, that ju- if you are dealing with a mental illness, we are not saying that God has cursed you or left you. Oh, yeah. We're not no. saying that. I don't want to say that. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. say that. Mental illness is really is a thing. I have dealt yeah. with it. I have dealt I with depression say, and anxiety. Yeah, God did not leave me in those situations. God was always there because we have Jesus now. So this the, don't don't take this as us trying to tell you that you messed up. So God gave you depression or God gave you no, anxiety because no. that's the farthest from the truth. And yeah. I wanted to you know nip in the bud anything that the enemy is trying to tell you right now that is not true. Mm-hmm. And in this case, um, Saul rejected God. God did not um, just leave Saul. I will say this, though, because I don't want to say, you know, you because you're depressed, God is not with you. Because like Vic said, we've both dealt with both of those things. But I will say this. My depression when I did not have God, way worse than oh, yeah. 
-hmm. when God is involved, when God is helping me through it and he's walking with me through it and I'm still actively seeking. Because you can still have mental health stuff going on while you're seeking the mm-hmm. Lord, that spiritual warfare is like that's that could be when you're dealing with it the most. Mm-hmm. Especially you start losing friends because you get relationship with God now. Like you could just feel like what's what's going on. But my anxiety and everything, um, or I watch people who actively reject God, and I watch them literally um, losing their minds. Um, there's something to it. There is something to how your mental health is with God and without. I will. Yeah, I will say that. I'm not saying that God can't be. If you're an active believer and you're having these feelings and you're and God is with you, um, yeah, that's you need Him to get through that type of stuff. But yeah, if you because God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah, but trust me, and you and audience members, y'all know somebody too that actively rejects God that thinks they have it all together, but they have a uh, mental breakdown every other week. Uh, they have no, sh- you know, j- just, just saying it, 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 it's something to it. Um, yeah. But what time yeah. is it? Okay. I just wanted to be yeah. sensitive to that. Um, no, we should, we should. I'm glad you said that. Cause I didn't want to come off insensitive at, in any kind of way. Um, because that is how spiritual abuse happens when people mm-hmm. say, these things you're going through are your fault and it's because you're not prioritizing God in this way. And it's, it gets very hurtful and it's not getting to the actual point of what um, is going on with you. Mm-hmm. But I will say, based on personal experience, battling your mind is way better when you're talking to God about it all the time. doesn't make it all the way go yes. away um, necessarily, but... I think it'll go away eventually, though. God has delivered me from a lot of depression and anxiety. Does it creep back in sometimes? Yes, because I think it's just the way my brain is programmed a little bit. But way better. Your girl used to be going off the deep end, okay? All right. Um, I don't know what else we're going to talk about because we're we're like an hour and a half. I was just scrolling through just to see if we got everything. Yeah, I mean, there's more in Samuel. There's, you know, David and Goliath. Y'all know about David and Goliath. It's a little more gory than your childhood um, Sunday school class. You yeah, know, he had to cut his head tell. off. They didn't tell us that part that they that he cut his head off. That this is how I see it now. That he slings the stone. It goes. Mm-hmm. It sinks into his head. Not just like mm-hmm. knocks him. It sinks into his head, which is pretty interesting that was a lot of force mm-hmm. and he he falls i always thought the rock was i always thought the stone is what killed him it's really not the it's it, i mean it knocked him out but he but david cut his head off that's what really killed him yeah right and, and then he brings the head to the palace or whatever mm-hmm. I'm like, who helped him drag this head? Like, this is a giant's head. Who helped him drag this head? Dude's like 13. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really a gory story. But I'm glad they don't tell it like that to children, I guess. They're like, I should have at least known that by um, the teenage ministry. Like, yeah. The teens need to know everything. Yeah. Real deal mm-hmm. spiel. 
Um, what else? After that, Saul starts trying to kill David. As we know, we kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, so basically after that in, in Samuel is a back and forth of wars and Saul trying to kill David. David being able to kill Saul, but not killing Saul because he's more noble than him. And mm-hmm. again, like Vic said, Saul being kind of bipolar. And once he realizes David isn't trying to kill him back, he's like, oh, I've sinned. You're better than me. My bad, bro. But I'm going to try to kill you in the next chapter. Don't worry about it. Basically. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, yes, yeah, basically like Saul being super paranoid because of this this crazy spirit. And the only story I have probably really randomly, really quickly is how David, David has a little bit of an anger issue. Did you, did you pick up on that? So yeah. this is when I noticed his anger issue a little bit because David has a passion he's, issue. He's, he's so passionate about everything, but, but he's so passionate. He will kill you. So yeah, Remember, we got David, Nabal, and Abigail. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord! So this is a time of a time. This could be my little intercessory prayer because Nabal was a fool, and his name meant a fool. So David is on the run from Saul, but has accumulated like four hundred or six hundred soldiers that are following him. Just. You know, you're trying to hide in the wilderness or in the caves, but like, you got that's like not that's not conspicuous, bro. Like you just walking around, yeah, with and they're like people. fighting wars. They're still fighting against the Philistines. They're still protecting people. So I don't know. So they're they were um, stationed somewhere, and they were protecting my guy Nabal's um, shepherds. Because, you know, David was a shepherd. He's like, I have a heart for shepherds. Mm-hmm. I'm going to protect the shepherds. And he's thinking, well, if I do a good deed, well, later he's like, oh, y'all belong to that really rich guy. We're hungry. Um, I protected you, so he should feed me. No. Nabal says, who are you? I don't care. Absolutely not. When David hears this, David rallies up to 400 people. He says, by the morning, none of his none of his young men at his at his establishment, we're gonna kill them all. None of them are gonna be living. He doesn't promise he's gonna kill Nabal. He's just like, I'm about to hit him where it hurts. He's not gonna have any workers tomorrow. Until I'm killing you do right by me. I'm everything you touch will crumble. When I reread, I think I actually read that today, actually. Yeah, I think it was on I think it was in our reading for maybe like a day ago or something mm. like that. Um, but I thought that David's um, response was a little rash. That God didn't tell you to do that. He didn't consult with, again, he did not consult with God. I don't think God, because God would have said, sir, what did they do to you? They did right by you. It's this guy. And you're going to not kill him. You're trying to kill his servants. So anyway, so... He rallies the people up. Luckily, Abigail, who is Nabal's wife, she runs out and she's like, my lord, please stop. I got the food for you. She had 600 loaves of bread. <laughs> she got the food. She's like, don't worry about it. My husband, he's stupid. His name means stupid. Just, I don't even know how I got stuck with this man. Just please don't kill all these these kids, basically. These shepherds, they, they didn't ask for that. 
So after she does that, he realizes, dang, God sent her out here to tell me that my revenge is not better than God's revenge. Like I don't have to do, I don't have to avenge myself. God is going to avenge me, which he does. So once he realized that, I feel like he kind of like repents a little bit like, dang, I'm super wrong. Thank you for the vittles. I'm out. I'm about to go back to where I was. Yeah. Um. So Abigail, she knows, I want to say her husband was drunk that night. So she was like, I'm not going to tell him yet. I'm not going to tell him. So she tells him in the morning and he gets so mad. He basically has a heart attack. It says that he his his heart died within him and then he became a stone. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a heart attack. It sounds like a heart attack. What did it say? It says Dang it. Where was it? I don't know, but it basically his heart his heart he had basically had a heart attack. His heart turned to stone. He became a stone and there you are. It's about right. Oh, this oh no, this is what I was trying to get to. It said his heart died and he became a stone. About ten days later, the Lord struck him dead. So he didn't die as soon as the, he turned to stone. He was like a stone for ten days. So he basically I when I read that, I, I think he had a heart attack or a stroke. Something that made him like paralyzed. Mm. Something that paralyzed him, and then God was like, "Okay, that's enough. I'm gonna, you're dead now." No, okay, that's enough. You're dead. Now. That's enough. So again, this is a perfect example of letting oh, God handle cool. the people that do you wrong. That you know, it's been a great lesson for me um, over the past years because without Christ, I'm a very petty and revengeful person. Um, so knowing that God got you, it really is true. I have seen it in my own life. Do not. Do not come for me, because I will send God for you, okay? <laughs> That's all I will say. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was, oh, quick other side note about, before we end, about David, Abigail, and Nabal. So after he dies, guess what? David takes Abigail. David goes back and he said, Abigail, I see you don't have a husband no more. <laughs> what happened? I see you don't, you're not married. You should come marry me. Even though I already have a wife, another wife, a lady. Michael. This is the thing. Yeah, he had married Michael, but when he left, um, Michael was given to somebody else. So then he oh, yeah. this other lady named Because Michael was Saul's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So Saul was like, oh no, you can't be married to him no more. That and he helped thing- him escape. That whole thing, the fact that Saul was like, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you my first, my first daughter because mm-hmm. she's gonna like, she's basically gonna torment you and like, you're gonna just wanna die and then like, I'm gonna kill you. Ooh. And then he, and then I guess it didn't work out with the first one. He was like, you know what? He can go ahead and marry Michael because Michael's gonna be his downfall and she's gonna lead me right to him and she's gonna torment him and she's gonna nag him. She's gonna do all these things. I'm like, dang, you think horribly of your daughters. And he thought, he didn't even think that Michael was gonna have to do all that because he said, if you wanna marry Michael, you have to go get like a billion Philistine foreskins in battle. And he was like, oh, he's, he's going to for sure die in battle because he's not going to get these foreskins. He Man, brought them foreskins David back, brought them foreskins in on a, with a sack on his back and threw them down, bloody foreskins and all. They, they still had the blood on them. 
because the Lord was with him. Okay. Um, but like, yeah, he he married. Imagine this- you're sitting in a room and the doors swing open. I know it's stunk too. And this dude with a Santa satchel mm-hmm. slung over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Red because of blood, not because he's jolly. Mm-hmm. To of bring skin. in foreskins. I was about to say another word, but this is a Christian podcast. I was about to <laughs> But yeah, of foreskins. We're gonna say the real word. Yeah. That I know it was mm, I don't mm, mm, mm. I just can't even imagine the scene. First of all, I can't even imagine him killing all the people and then like, okay. Let's go in and get these foreskins. Let's go ahead and Great. cut this off. Like, are they doing it like right, or are they just like hacking, hacking that? I thing mean, if right they're already off? dead, why, why just, care? Because I'm not going through the trouble of a slice and stuff. I'm about to just hack the the whole thing off and bring it. But I'm not sure. <laughs> it's the foreskin on there. Come on, let's go. <laughs> no, no, no. And okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that makes that makes um David's um clap back at Goliath even more of a like because he was like you uncircumcised Philistine. Mm, and I'm about to take that foreskin back. You'll probably bring yours too. Hiya. Scrape <laughs> it down. A little a scalping of the Ooh. <laughs> different head um yes 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 so oh my gosh like that like david is crazy and Mm -hmm. he's the one that scriptures say had the heart of god because he did he did did. that's why i feel like we would really be good friends because no matter what though this is why they say he has the heart of god because his posture his heart posture was always a posture of worship all the time, no matter what he was going going through. Yeah. Um, in this play we're reading, they sprinkled a lot of the Psalms that David wrote mm-hmm. during this time or about this time of his life. And now those songs make so much more sense to me about him talking about his enemies, you know, their chase. You know, he was like really talking about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, like he's just he he's always he he gives God the glory and everything. That's why I think mm-hmm. it says that he's a man after God's own heart because he he never thought it was about him. Mm-mm. Well, except for that one time with Nabal, but and there's probably a few. You know, nobody's yeah. perfect, but in the in the heart I mean, he of heart, eventually the whole Bathsheba thing. So like, yeah, you know. but, and these are just a few highlights we know of his life. You know, nobody's highlighting our life because child, ooh, my chapter would be really bad. But Oof. um. Yeah, I feel like he was always like, and I try to be like that too. I feel like we all should be like that. Like, no matter what's going on, we know that God is in control. Mm-hmm. We know that God is with us. We know that God is going to take care of our enemies. We don't have to. And that's how I feel like he operated his life. That God was always first. You know, there were sometimes he wasn't, but for the most part, God was always who he gave the credit to, who he loved. He loved God so much. Like, yeah. The Psalms, I read a Psalm today. I'm, I'm going to post it tomorrow. Um, it's, it's It says like, Lord, I love you more than life. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a man after God's own heart. He is telling the truth. I love you more than life. Yeah. That is saying to me that hits me hard. So Yeah. I think I think that's why um that he was just such a great worshiper. And I think that's how we all should be. I think worship is super essential. Um, it's not just about, you know, what we know in the Bible, being book smart, knowing all the verses, like like worship is key. Like you gotta know who's responsible for all this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I guess that could be a good place to end. Could be. Yeah. I think that's good. Sounds good. I think it is. Um, so yeah. If you have any comments, anything else you think we we missed on Samuel that you think, oh y'all really have to do this topic, let us know in any comments, whatever platform you're watching or listening on. Um, as always, hit all the buttons, subscribe, comment, like hit them likes we need the likes the likes send us up um leave a review i haven't seen any reviews i'm gonna keep saying it y'all better y'all not y'all must not be getting to the end of this of this of this recording mm-hmm. uh, okay okay leave a review um and that's it that's all i got to say i'm about to go eat some food same all right so we will bid you guys adieu bye